0: You're listening to Response Team Omnicron, Downtime of Late Spring, Part 2, Gifts and Secrets. I think a little while later, after the uh, salvaging of pieces of regret and learning the, the backstory of that mech, um, Winston, I think you eventually end up heading on a walk with Skip, both I think maybe heading out to experience more of Evergreen or take a break.
1: So Winston, actually Winston would probably want to meet up with Skip and ask if he wants to go, well, not just bump sure, into him. absolutely. He'll give yes. him a ring after the uh, after breaking everything down and be like, hey, you want to hit the town again type situation.
2: Uh, sure. Uh, worked out all right last
1: time. Should be all, should be fun and, fun and profitable type situation. So he'll meet up with Skip um, and probably start by going around to look at the areas of the town that were damaged first and then work backwards from there. But he will because I have town knowledge now from the last time we did this. Yes. He I will go ahead and make sure that we end by uh, by the block. Like that's where the walk will end.
0: Okay. Over the course of the the walk, um, you guys pass through multiple parts of Evergreen, the various districts as well as um Areas and and pieces of where the wreckage kind of seems like it's worst where what seems you know things that are okay where that building one of those those skyscrapers has has collapsed and the the deconstruction efforts that are going there to to clear it out from the built in the buildings underneath that that uh, that skyscraper um things of that nature are are the scenes that you kind of see as you are walking past um you know a lot of the the, the militia members especially but as well as some of the citizens will kind of stop and wave at y'all as you walk through um you know once again thankful and happy to see you uh especially given the the defense you guys did for evergreen itself um eventually you guys will end uh, end up in front of the block um the front part the rubble the front part has been cleared by this point um kind of a lot of tarps and some some wood put up uh kind of on the front for the moment um with the back half still functioning and operational um you see uh Lundvilla sitting inside uh, or really standing inside behind the counter kind of uh doing a little bit of sweeping go, oh, Skip, Winston. How's it going? Happy to see you all again. Good. How are you all? Doing all right. Good. Um,
2: and Skip is just going to flip through his sketchbook to the, finally, it took him like a full week, but you know, he has excuses. Uh-huh. Um, the completed uh, block thing. And um, we'll hand off both. One, the original one that was like kind of, That one that Winston was like, give this as a gift, not as the logo. We'll Hmm. go like second, and I'll be like, um, and we'll hand the one that I described last session, um, to her first, and we'll say, um, this is what I came up with, uh and then this one was my first one, but I didn't, I liked too much to get rid of it, but it's a little too complex. (laughs) and I'll I'll tear them both out of the sketchbook and set them down on the table
0: (laughs) and she'll look at both of them and goes they're great they're wonderful I love them can you do she kind of points to the the one that was too complex for like a logo could you do this on like canvas like colored version okay Then how much do I owe you for all this
2: Skip just kind of like freezes up. Was like, I have no clue. He,
1: uh, Winston will lean down and whisper into Skip's ear, loud enough that Lambilla can clearly hear him. This is where you tell her their gifts.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Are you sure? I can. I and then she'll like she'll kind of flip through one of the the two like good uh, like you know display uh, display cabinets and kind of pull out a couple of things and set it down and go home. Fine then. If you're going to give those as gifts, these are gifts in return. What is it? They are uh, types of bread as well as some pastries, um, various baked goods.
2: Skip will give kind of like a, like a look and we'll take one of them and leave the other (laughs) two. And before he can get like yelled at to take the others, he's just going to start backing up. He's not going to turn around. He's just going to walk backwards.
0: (laughs) Lovella kind of crosses her arms at you.
2: And then we'll, and then we'll stop once he's behind Winston.
0: Lovella will kind of cross her arms and tilt her head at you. But just kind of looks between you and Winston. Winston will
1: be like, "Can, can I, can I have pastry? Like, he's just going to sort of be like...
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you. Like, he's just going to...
0: I mean, if... It, as as I thank you for helping me there also earlier, 100%. Appreciate it. But yeah. Glad to see you all are both still living after the insanity.
1: Yeah. It is good
2: to be living after said insanity.
0: It is good. I was worried there for a second.
2: Skip just gives,
0: like, an awkward thumbs up. I was worried for a second there when I saw your mech go down. Yeah. Well, you know.
1: Just being dramatic, apparently. No, I, uh... I did what I needed to do, and we're all safe over it, and it's not a huge deal. But I appreciate the concern.
0: Absolutely. Um, my, my family lives in one of those buildings near that intersection, so.
1: Well, that's good. At least we managed to keep your family safe. The individual people here are... I, I like the people here. I mean, it's not like my, my own home planet, but there's a lot of really good folks here, and I'm happy that we're able to help them out.
0: I know that everybody here appreciates it, whether or not they show it in the most upfront manner.
1: He kind of shakes his head and is like... I, yeah, I hear you. Sometimes it's hard to put things in together. And sometimes it doesn't always work out the way people want it to. But this is a really good community. And it really does help that we can be, uh, it's really nice that we can be here and help this community.
0: Cause, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think we would have survived. That night, had y'all not been around?
1: I mean, you might be right. I don't know. Um, I'm happy we were here to help, though. And I know that uh, I, uh, Winston is actually looking around for the cat at this point in time.
0: The cat is uh, currently sitting uh, on top of the uh, like the back counter behind Villa. Um, but what li- li- leads into like the actual kitchen area, uh, the, like, this open window area, and in one corner, uh, on a little cat bed, mm-hmm. there is the black cat that Lynn Villa pulled out of there um, during the the evening on the assault on Evergreen.
1: And he'll 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 try to get the cat's attention and make cute cat noises at it because you know
0: cat kind of like was sleeping but kind of wakes up and blinks and looks at all of you. Mm-hmm. And then kind of gets up and stretches and arcs the back and then fully launches over to the display counter and then kind of sits down in front of you, Winston. He will be very kind to the animal. Cat will uh, just kind of begin purring in response. Chillax with the cat for a minute. I see our little
1: furry friend has made it. He is in high spirits.
0: You know, the seemed to be doing okay was a little anxious around the place first couple nights back but makes
2: sense skip hasn't been talking a whole lot but once the the whole conversation of like we might not have survived happened he was already like tense because it's a social situation but he got noticeably more tense when that was mentioned and he's just kind of like you can tell he's definitely like in another place mentally at the moment Hmm. um He's just kind of, like, looking at the floor in between him and Winston, like, with, like, a a bit of a, like, serious, I, I guess not serious, but, like, a very focused expression.
0: After a moment, uh, Linville will kind of notice that and just go, Arsenia at the crash test.
2: He'll, like, look up a little bit confused.
0: It's a old saying that my family says. Just usually means of, like, seeing somebody zone out. To get their attention. You doing alright?
2: Yeah. I think so.
0: Alright. If you ever need to talk... Sorry. No need to be sorry. You have nothing to apologize for. You've done nothing wrong. She kind of smiles, and... If you ever need to talk, you know where to find me.
2: Skip is just, like, very awkwardly sitting there, and just kind of, like, uh... He does that thing where he, like, puts his hand on his neck. He's like... He has no idea what to say.
1: You thank her now. Like it, Skip. Yeah. What? You thank her. You say
0: thank oh, you. Uh,
2: thanks. Um. Anytime. Well, uh, I think I should get started on that painting. Yeah, and then uh, he's gonna start moving towards the door, and and he'll open the door, and then like look to Winston to see if Winston is following. <laughs>
1: He'll, he'll make a little small talk with Linvilla and thank her and mm. then get some pastries for the rest of the group. Gotcha. And uh then follow follow him out.
0: Hmm. Lundvilla kinda waves to you both as you, you both head out. Um, pastries in hand in Winston's case. And as you head back to the bottom of the well. Um
2: Can I say something on the way there? Sure.
0: You absolutely can.
2: Wait, um I don't have paint. You think the ones in the printers will work? I mean we can get you we can get you paints. So
1: that is that is doable.
2: Yeah, but wouldn't it be kinda cool to use the mech paint? I
1: mean, yes, if that's what you want to use, sure.
2: He starts scribbling down some like notes for how he wants to do the the uh painting version of the of the sketch. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that he left the sketch with her, and it's like, I'm gonna have to do it from memory. <laughs>
1: Sometimes that's another how it part goes man.
0: outside of the walls of Evergreen. Um, Skip, Balthazar, and Roxy's subaltern, as well as Roxy, I would presume, uh, currently track their way through the forest. Um, we are heading, I think, east further away from where the raiders are known to be to look out some old relics that militias have mentioned being present on their initial surveys of the area you know the the two of you have been strangely
3: quiet like the whole way out here um and it's not that i mind i mean you know in the quiet we can often hear the questions that we're wanting to most ask ourselves um or you know some cool bird sounds but uh Skip, you look like you have something on your mind, and uh, you have been <laughs> avoiding eye contact more than usual.
4: I thought we were all looking forward.
2: Uh, I don't know. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this uh, painting. Um, oh. I kind of feel bad that I didn't finish it before we left, but uh, it's something to look forward to working on when I get
3: back. What uh, What were you painting? Um, you remember the, uh, the block? Yes.
2: Uh, um, well, I made logos for the block. Um, one was, like, an actual, like, proper logo. The other was, like, like a, just, like, a nice decorative piece. And, um, Ludmilla asked that I get it put on canvas and properly painted in color. Yeah. So I'm doing that.
3: Um Right, and you do you feel bad that you haven't finished it um because you had the sim duel with Roxy? How did that go, by the way? Uh I didn't have a chance to watch huh. it.
4: Skip did a very good job. Mm, uh, you
2: did very well as well. Um I was definitely worried right there after the, the first the first proper engagement.
4: Skip destroyed my Mac.
3: Yeah,
2: that happened. Um a lot faster than i expected too i thought that combat was going to take a lot longer
4: i didn't
3: <laughs> how interesting why did you think it would take longer skip
4: uh
2: well uh, nobody nobody expects to be able to get like a like a right on target like strike nobody expects to get the like the, the hypothetical throat slit right off the bat um well, and on top well, of that, I wouldn't like, say it
4: was that easy. <laughs>
2: I wasn't claiming it was. Um, but, you know, um, that and the fact that if things had gone any longer, I would have been spread thin having to make sure that I kept out of your line of sight constantly. Um, it definitely felt like I had to be very careful where I moved which is good i think that i shouldn't just be able to walk all over you so yeah you know, it was a, it was a good fight i i still feel like if it were a real fight and not in the sims it would have been very differently not that i want a real fight it just something felt off about it
4: well it was probably because it was in a simulation and so things often feel a little bit artificial. Well, it's not artificial for me. It feels as real as I exist right now.
2: Skip's eyes kind of go wide. Um, he's like, "Oh shit!" Um, uh, oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think about that. I'm sorry.
4: Did not think about what?
2: Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but, uh. If it felt, if everything that happened in that fight felt real, it would have been a very different experience for me. And a not very fun one.
4: I would not worry about it. It is something that I experience on a regular basis.
2: Finn, I know I am the least qualified person to do this, but can I, like, <laughs> try to get a, a, a read on Roxy for whether
0: what she says is true?
2: Or what they say is true? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, you can certainly try. Um, A two. I think with a two, you definitely uh, believe that there's nothing more to it than that. And it's just, that's how it is.
5: I think that's fair. I mean, I think it's fair to say that robots, or at least artificial constructs, experience the digital space a little bit differently than you do. Mm. And yeah. that reads differently in uh in a when it when it's translated into normal conversation it probably sounds weird I uh, that I think that would be the best way to do it now if that disturbs skip skip that's that's totally fair
3: you look a little um uh, bug-eyed skip
2: yeah just Sorry for messing with your casket in The Sims. I was probably very uncool. I... uh, I thought it was just the most effective way to end the combat without getting overly violent. And it was. But I... I don't know. Knowing what I do now, it just doesn't feel right.
4: Well... I would like you to consider, though. I may be a strange pilot with my casket inside of my mech. And you may not encounter something like myself in the future, probably for a little bit. But if you do, in the real life, and they are your enemy, I would highly recommend doing what you did. It is the most tactically sound choice.
3: And... Uh... We use the sims to practice for reality. It's not because necessarily everything in there is perfect reality for us, but it helps to make the improbable familiar.
2: Uh, you guys can tell that Skip isn't really 100% satisfied with that response, but is trying to not think about it and <laughs> to move on. To be fair, I would not
3: think about it too much either. <laughs> I mean, look at it this way: if you, if you, uh, you know, if you, you experience getting your heart cut out, uh, that's a that's a pretty good way to go. No, 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 not not
2: helping. Not not helping.
4: If you experience it in The Sims at least once, you know you don't want to experience it again.
2: So we all learned a little something. Skip starts walking a little bit faster.
4: Skip, you did a very good job in The Sims. I really don't have any critiques. I told you that you were a very good pilot because you work in The Sims. And that is still true.
0: Okay. And I would say it's not too much longer, about another five or ten minutes of, you know, nice serene bird chirping as the partly cloudy sky of Evergreen continues to kind of... Exist, the sun slowly waning in the sky. And eventually you come upon a very seriously overgrown, almost blending in with the nature around it at this point, a series of three or four buildings um, that look almost kind of like a outpost for some sort of military operation. Your guess is it probably dates back to Second Committee the The Arsenian crisis, the things that happened here before uh, evergreen showed up before the Marcomoonal ever arrived here. and the bits and pieces of knowledge that you've gained through your various interactions with this history indicate that this is probably one of their their outposts where they had armor uh, staged for for various conflicts in the area. Uh, based on the various pieces that still remain from a very hasty exodus, um, that you've kind of gleaned from some of the the logs and records that you know, and the the beggar one's message that is still going on with the the uh, subalterns collecting, um, which haven't had new numbers for pretty much the entirety of this downtime, but they also have not dwindled any.
5: How overgrown is this? This kind of space,
0: pretty overgrown. You have you know nice saplings beginning to kind of pop up and make take root uh, in between pieces of broken concrete. Uh, vines cover most of that outer wall perimeter um, that this has. Uh, what was once a nice fully functioning gate now okay. kind of rests at like an angle where it's been kind of I think almost propped back up by okay. something um off of its hinges off of any kind of the the mechanics that would move it to open or close pretty overgrown though it doesn't look like it's been used in at least the amount of time like at least hundreds of years okay which is about the time that second committee has since left this place okay
4: well i imagine we're going to have to do a lot of work to get this place to turn on in some shape or form
3: yep it looks like it let's see what we can find
4: does anybody have a weed whacker?
2: I suppose this is the closest thing to it. And I'm going to pull out the uh, medium AC pilot weapon I have, which uh, I'm going to say is a
0: machete.
5: Machete. Let's go. Um,
0: make me a, a grit roll plus any applicable skill triggers. Uh, 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 would this, this be considered deep... survive? Sure. Make me it a survival roll. Okay,
2: well, that's not going to be very helpful because I've rolled a four plus three for a seven.
0: Gotcha. I have survived, um, too. So. Yeah, if you would like to also join the deforestation efforts of trying to find some clues here.
3: Yeah, fuck the forest. Lisa. I got
0: a
5: five.
0: Um, but both of you will come to find that a lot of the place is very overgrown um, and, and grown to the point where simple... Uh, tools are not sufficient to at least beat back the forest from trying to reclaim this place. Um, you can certainly still navigate through the buildings and stuff like that. But a lot of the stuff that has been overgrown um, will likely not come free anytime soon. At least with your current equipment.
3: We'll have to come back with our max if we want to clear this place out. But um, for now, let's, let's get in touch with nature. Instead of doing that, Fen, can I just
2: use a spot check to look around for something that catches my eye?
5: <laughs> Desperately tries to do literally anything else.
3: What you what you have to do, uh, Skip? You, I, I see you looking around. That's good. You need to you need to uh, open your your mind and uh, see where the natural flow of twenty one world takes. <laughs> see how the roots move into the building over there. Look at where the branches coming <laughs> through the window. As you ask this...
0: <laughs>
5: and, then, and then Skip's like,
0: oh, hey. As you ask these things, uh, Skip, you're looking for literally anything else besides nature?
2: No, I'm not, not like, looking for anything else besides nature. I'm just, instead of focusing on the nature, looking for something that catches my eye. Uh,
0: there is a <laughs> half-assembled uh, tank, I would say, in one of these, like, two... Uh, like almost kind of like garage style, but they're open, open bay garages, Mm -hmm. concrete structures and metal that are still standing. But, you know, they clearly are also slowly succumbing to the weather and the elements and the nature
2: Without a word, I just start walking over towards there and very notably take a large step around a bit of tree root that comes up in front of part of the, the thing. Like, I'm stepping around it and going into the tank thing. And I and then I turned to Balthazar and said, this looks interesting. <laughs> and gesture with my, my uh, hand like that.
4: I don't think that he was contemplating nature the way that you intended him to.
3: But... He has found something, and that was the ultimate intention all along. You see, the universe and faith in the things within it move in mysterious ways, Roxy.
4: Is it strange that a part of me thinks that you are making it up as you go along a little bit?
3: (laughs) Uh, You're getting much more observant.
4: I'm sure that there's a way to describe that, but it's not very nice.
3: <laughs> what did you find, Skip?
2: Uh, I think this counts as nature. Uh, and I, I point to like there's like this part on like the back of the tank where there's like vines that have grown into part of the exhaust <laughs> of the tank or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, that's probably why. Would
3: interesting. Let's see if we can turn on its computer. Maybe find some, uh, see if there's either communications or some kind of reading
0: on what else might be near here. Um, you guys go to turn on the computer uh, of this this half put together tank. Um, it doesn't turn on, but uh, plugging in a very ancient looking uh, laptop, almost device that is sitting in it. You're guessing it was probably a, like some sort of mechanical thing like somebody was working on it at the time and then they just left it in there. Um, and on that, after applying, uh, getting it on, into a power source, which was, which we can say there was like a little generator in, in the, on the back of one of these buildings, um, like a reserve generator type thing. Um, after getting it plugged in and taking some time and diving through the, uh, the internal, pieces of the computer you do see listed in in the roster of frames that you assume to be this outpost after looking at some very faded signage um on one of the buildings that has outposts and then number something 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 which is just literally just stenciled into the side of one of the buildings it, it uh lists underneath uh after a litany of uh armor pieces of various you know calibers um and and tanks and you know vehicles to carry personnel and things of that nature um it lists three uh mech frames uh, that Ooh. are gms frames according to this roster that uh, are listed as um currently on 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 the outpost and not outside of it
2: uh so and do i find this or does Bell's-
0: i would say you collectively you guys can find this information yeah because you guys are all looking at the tank therefore you guys all find the laptop you guys all kind of are working together and looking Ah.
2: you see like Skip who's like pointing at different things and like counting and it says so it has to be behind that door
3: look at this Union had so much more of a presence here than our records indicated how long did they come here and what did they intend to do when they found this place?
4: I suppose that we can look at records and try and backdate.
3: And Let's see what's behind this door. Um, and yeah, I, th- I, I think the more we understand about the past, the more we understand about the crisis Arsinia finds itself in at the moment.
2: If, uh, if our theories are true and Beggar 1 is some relic of this war, then learning about the past is just still learning about what's going on
0: so. but who did they war with
2: then do we do we know the answer to that
0: uh not specifically you know that a lot of the militia reference a old, like there are there are rumors uh well actually sorry you do know that way back when they were at war with uh a th- Species, you're not quite sure. And the records are obviously very vague, so you don't know if it's a if a species or just a, a nation that referred to themselves as Egregorians, um, which some of the militia have since cited as part of the people that have been in these raiding parties. Um, but again, the evidence has not been substantiated to really define whether or not um, Egregorians as a as a people as as a sentient race outside of humanity has not been fully substantiated since the the war that has happened here and and the information is
5: yeah keep going i'm sorry i just i was i just i had a i had a brain blast for a second sure um my question would be then is um are based on like the the kind of like you know email shatter the the kind of documentation the logs and stuff like that are we can we discern whether or not these mechs have been left behind because of uh damage or like their mal, they were malfunctioning or or some something similar because if they were left behind or or whatever or they were in the middle of maintenance for some sort of thing right could we then sort of like forensically or kind of make some assumptions, right? Like, so say if this thing was, say, destroyed by or injured or, or, or mouth or needed repair because it encountered a weapon or encountered a particular mech, that would be put in the maintenance logs, okay? Like, I feel like that would be put in maintenance logs and we can make some really decent assumptions as far as like, what they could have been facing Mm -hmm. and then in theory if we think about what that enemy might have been then we can associate it with a nation or you know or a group of people or what have you is that is that fair to do
0: i think that's a fair thing to to do and i think um i will have you roll something here in a moment when we get down to this sure um you guys uh, will make your way through uh, the biggest of the kind of three buildings that are here outside of the, the open hangar bays. Um, and you guys will go inside of it, inside the, the, the building, which is about um, 10 feet tall. And as you kind of walk in uh, and you look around, you see a, a industrial lift that is looks like it goes down taking the lift down which still works it's a little rickety it's a little you have a brief moment of like is this is this how (laughs) it is this how things go um you do find yourself in a very vast underground hangar which should look like at one point housed maybe 10 to 15 mechs currently there are the three that you guys saw on that maintenance roster of mechs that are present Still down there, they're 10 foot tall structures still standing in various states of disrepair. Skip
2: immediately just starts sketching the place as fast as he can, getting as much as he can to just show all the others. Mm. Um, because it's a
5: full day's travel from the city, in yeah. theory. Not no one, no one else is going to see this except us, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So he's just like frantically going, Can I do like an inventor create to see how fast I quickly scrawl this? Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, he yeah, can.
2: Okay, so that's a natural one, plus three. You're too excited. You're
0: you're drawing, but you're going too fast, and it almost is like losing like the detail to it. So it's,
2: Skip gets frustrated and rips the whole page out and starts again from the beginning. And,
0: and it's just more of the same as you keep going. It's still like that like you're you're trying to get it all down, but in the process of trying to get it all down, you're losing some of that detail and some of the things that really make it understandable to a to a eye view but you guys will see three ten foot tall you know these mechs at least by their slimmer and more modern versions are often called genghis what you are kind of coming to understand as you guys are walking up to these mechs is that these the genghis that you know from harrison armory that is currently in rotation and the licensing is a mark ii of this frame the original mark 1 which is why you saw them as GMS frames on the maintenance log are essentially just these upscaled seccom power armor that has been turned into a Genghis Mark 1 frame and you you do know that the a lot of this is, is now in theory you could probably if you have the Genghis licenses you could use this outside of just as the exotic gear that it is it is um, once you get one if you can get one working um, they look in various states of disrepair like everything else in this base um, and as you're kind of looking through to try to find more things to kind of put together this idea you have Jesse slash Roxy I would love a grit roll from you to see whether this, this theory pans out yes if there's evidence to, to support the theory
5: that is, uh, so I'm going to uh, say, would investigation count?
0: I think it would, yes. You okay, are
5: investigating cool. for things. So, this would be a 16.
0: A 16. Yeah. Marvelous. I think you are you are successful in coming to the conclusion that there are maintenance logs. Um, and... That part's not the exciting part. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, you are, there are maintenance logs. And there are a lot of maintenance logs that log reasons of attack and things of that nature in addition to these logs there are a lot of pilot logs especially for the mechs pilot logs on what they encountered who they encountered all of them as far as the ones that you can find in these various you know data banks and things of that nature that are powered on because of the generator you've turned on outside um all cite egregorians as the source of enemy conflict sometimes it's egregorian armor sometimes it's egregorian foot personnel Um, but they're all damaged by Egregorian people or Egregorians. So Balthazar, over the course of the next few hours as the afternoon begins to turn into evening, you think the middle one of these three could probably be at least functional enough to get back to Evergreen with a little bit of work and love. Using some of that salvage you're finding from the other two to kind of make one functioning one. If that makes sense.
3: Yeah, that does.
0: Um, And so with some work and I assume also a little bit of help from the other two on this camping trip. Uh, about a couple hours pass and you have a semi-functioning one. There's no mounts on it. Um, it is just the core body of the mech and like half of a functioning uh, weapon mount that you guys can see written in stencil on the like, f- like front hand guard or hand hold that has an armor plated guard on it is tbk written on it um hmm. as you kind of continue to look through some of the things uh you find a set of uh like basically black box data from the last uh admission it went on interesting and included in that black box data is the you know cam footage from the cameras that mechs used to to see as you kind of pull that data onto one of the laptops and kind of give it a look you see uh, this this mech as one of five in in a like perfect line, kind of walking across um, this this plane that looks entirely unfamiliar to you. Based on that, it is there's smoke just in the air for miles, and there is fire all in front of them. This flamer, that is what you assume this broken piece of amount that is still there, is actually um, when put together is just lighting. As much of this forest on fire as possible. Um, and you see popping through the bits of smoke uh, is, is various rifle fire. An RPG flies off, impacts, and the entire one to the left of it detonates as a nuclear reactor goes up. Um, this is what you seem to be the last flight log of some of the last moments of this Hercinian crisis that happened about a millennia ago. About 500, not a millennia, sorry, half a millennia ago. About 500 years. Um, and these people, these things these, these creatures, not things these creatures don't look human, they seem to have between six to eight legs they have uh, like an exoskeletal structure um, and, and it's hard to tell and make out because it's a little blurry, it's a little bit you know, not super Um, it, obviously the focus is on, is on fighting these people so it's not trying to you know study or look at them at all um and you see that this this group of them uh sitting behind this anti-tank this anti-tank weapon you assume this large caliber bore as it fires off down the line past past the main cannon where you can see uh and then you feel, feel like a second shot go off which is a impacting which is where you can see that arm um that is currently kind of all busted up on the actual mech now. Um, definitely took that hit from. And as this this mech and its pilot gets closer to this tree line where this firing is coming from, you get to see better these um, what you can only assume to be called egregorians. Um, as they handle as they are currently trying to fight back against these mechs. This this
3: changes everything.
2: He was trying really, really hard to draw what these things look like. I I don't know if I get to make another roll if I'm rolling roll. with the one
0: you can pull the pull a flight log. Technically, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I, I've I've saved a file of this as well.
4: I have not met one of these individuals on this planet. Huh. We aren't. I assume neither have you.
3: So we aren't alone in the universe, or at least we weren't. If the Egregorans are a part. Of the... Raiders. Perhaps we need to make contact.
2: Why didn't we know about this before?
3: Um... Well... Presumably this is all SECCOM technology. Uh... I don't know if you know much about our history, Skip, but it's pretty awful.
2: I... They didn't exactly have schools where
3: seccom was the second committee in charge of union and they adopted a, a policy known as uh, anthro chauvinism they believed that humans were the center of the universe the dominant and indeed the only sentient species we never encountered another uh, uh, until now 500 years uh, ago apparently we encountered other intelligent life well other um other life that is uh uh, it's so hard to say sentient sapient tool using because you can
2: clearly see them wielding weapons and being tactical like they have to be intelligent right right
3: right i mean crows also like they learn our names they can use tools so it's the distinctions are are even less but, but more so you know This is the first time we encountered alien life. Uh, An alien civilization is what I mean to say, because I know that the Spari hunt great monstrosities and, you know, there's all kinds of weird space animals and space goats and things like that, but uh, another alien civilization? Presumably, Setcom didn't want anybody to know what they were getting up to down here. Um, I mean, you can see what these mechs were built for.
4: Wonder. This was half a millennia ago. Mm-hmm. If there are any survivors, and if there are, is this their home planet?
3: It certainly seems to be. Is this their home? Perhaps that is so. Skip
4: is gonna take a
2: few steps away from the group. Uh, and is gonna walk towards this mech. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not good at hiding things. You can tell he's not really interested in the mech as much as he's trying to, um, disengage from the conversation so he can think more clearly.
4: I am also concerned about the nomenclature associated with this particular mech.
3: Yes, it does seem like it was built for, um... Not just for combat, but for atrocity.
4: Clearing a world of its previous inhabitants, which we cannot confirm on whether or not those previous inhabitants are still here.
3: Not yet at any rate, but I think that's... I think that is our new mission. because i think understanding that might be at the heart of resolving the conflict on Hersinia. and maybe i'm wrong and maybe this is one of those um strange quagmires where there is no easy solution I mean, there's never an easy solution to anything but at the very least we should bring this into the light
2: See uh, Skip put his hand up on the side of the mech and, like, touch where the flamethrower got blown off of it. And he's just gonna say loud enough that you guys can hear it, but not, like, loud enough that it seems like he's going out of his way to shout for y'all. This was definitely not the first time they've done this.
0: Thank you for listening to Response Team Omicron. Our special guest for Late Spring is Jesse Pillow, and our cast for this season is Anna Woten, First Strike, J.R. Zambrano, Paul Marchant, and Unity Marine. This podcast is story told, produced, and edited by Fettuccini, with additional marketing and content creation from Anna Woten, and combat narrative writing from J.R. Zambrano and First Strike. Links to everyone I've just mentioned will be in the description. This podcast is recorded in Squadcast, edited in Adobe Audition, with additional sound effects and music from Epidemic Sound. Once again, thank you very much for listening to Response Team Omnicron. We hope to hear from you very soon, so keep your eyes on the OmniNet for the next episode.